we harken back to the Pharisees, we like to make all these little bitty rules that we can follow. Yo, 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 you guys, this is Brandon here coming at you with a riff. Just wanted to talk to you guys about what's been on my heart lately, what I've been thinking about, praying about. This riff is coming to you at a time in the center of winter, and I go walking uh, to, for exercise in some cornfields and different fields, and nothing's planted right now, but I've been thinking a lot about just seeds and sowing and reaping and all that kind of stuff. And so today I wanted just to talk a little bit about something really simple. It's not going to be very long, but it's very profound. And it's out of Mark chapter 4. It's a passage that we've all heard, we've all read a million times. But I just kind of want to look at it, maybe, possibly, in some unique ways that you haven't thought about it. Maybe you have. I don't know. So let's let's kind of look at it. It's in Mark 4. It's the parable of the sower. I'm going to read the passage first, all right? So again, he began to teach by the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Another seed fell on rocky ground where where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And then when the sun rose, it was scorched, since it had no root. It withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, and produced grain growing up and increasing, yielding thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. For those outside, everything else is in parables. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that's sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. But then they have no root in themselves, and they endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others who were sown among the thorns, they are the ones that hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I mean, there's so much packed into that little parable. As a matter of fact, if I take you back to verse 13, and this is in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So it appears here that this parable is a key to understanding parables or all of Jesus' parables in general. And I think that's really important that we have to lay this as a foundation. I've been talking about foundations in other areas and in the group that we have, a band of brothers, I was talking about just simple foundations of the faith. And I think this is a simple foundation of the faith that we really need to look into. 
It's about seeds and about soil, okay? Well, for years, I've often heard this preached, basically just a gospel presentation, that the preaching the Word is the gospel message, and you have different people out there that are going to respond differently when you present the gospel. Some grow, some don't. Actually, only one-fourth of the four soils actually bears fruit, at least fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. You know, and I think that's a correct interpretation. I do. But I think it goes deeper than that as well, you guys. I think that there's more to this passage than than just a gospel presentation for salvation. I think that we, at different times in our lives, can all have in our hearts or in our souls, S-O-U-L, can have different places where we have different soils, S-O-I-L-S, and when we, when the seeds of the word go in, they manifest themselves differently in different areas of our life. Let me give you an example. Let me break it down a little bit. For example, in, in one area of my life, I might not have much thorns or brambles or, or it's not on the pathway. It's not packed down. It's, it's truly cultivated and it's, and it's been tilled. And when the seed is planted in that area of my life, that part of my soul, then it, it gives forth fruit, 30, you know, 60, and 100-fold. But then I might have an area of my heart or my soul, S-O-U-L, that actually is hardened. And the, the seed gets thrown out, and Satan comes real, like, super quick and devours that seed. And, and I, I think it's important that we have to learn to cultivate or garden our souls, S-O-U-L-S, and that way, when we plant seeds, they grow, and they, they, they bear fruit that lasts. So I call this, it, it's a form of, what, of soul care, but I call it gardening the soul. I think, it's, I think our soul is like a garden, and you have different areas that we want to cultivate. The other thing I find really interesting about this is in this parable, notice the only thing that's added to the soil, S-O-I-L, is seed. Everything else is being taken away from the soil. Now, let me say that one more time. Everything else are things that are taken away from the soil. There are things that we need to grow in the faith. You know, I I say this all the time. It's It's a quote by one of my favorite philosophers slash theologians that God is not against effort. He's against merit. And what I mean by that is the word merit is, is he's against you trying to earn your salvation or earn any work of grace. You begin walking with the Lord by faith, and you continue walking with the Lord by faith, even our sanctification. But he's not against effort. So there are still things that we do. We call them disciplines. We call them practices, whatever you want to call them. These things that when the seed is put into the soil, that the soil is ready to receive the seed. And so, for example, Fasting, you know, fasting is a, is a huge discipline in the Christian life. And, you know, fasting takes away from you. You take away food. And you can fast from other things, but the biblical understanding of fasting is basically not eating. And I found in my life, I might fast from my phone or I might fast from different things. A lot of people during Lent will, quote, fast from different things. But reality is, is that when I don't eat something that I need so bad, actually, begins to cultivate the soil in my heart and the soil in my life. 
You know, reading the word is like that. Prayer is like that. Biblical meditation is like that. So we need these different disciplines in our life to begin to take away from the soil to where the seed, when it's planted, it's going to bear fruit. And it's interesting that these different areas, first is the real easy one. It's, it's really packed down and compacted, and so it goes on the pathway. And so it's, got, it's gotten really easy, stolen by Satan, real quick, real quick. Then there's other areas, like the ones that's sown on the rocky ground. So what do you do there? You take the rocks out, and, and therefore, then when you receive it with joy, it, it, it continues to bear fruit. Now, what are rocks? Well, rocks are, I mean, they're rocks, but what are rocks in our lives? They're different things that keep us from receiving the word, different things that keep us from hearing the word. They can be distractions. They could be shift in focus, all that kind of different, different kind of stuff. And then you have the next one, the next type of soil, which is the thorns of the world. Now, these are, are cares of the world, loving the world and the desires for other things other than Jesus. These are really sneaky. That's why I think it's the third soil or the third stuff that's in the soil is we can begin to grow and grow in this. And we don't realize that we have other cares. We have other things that are distracted or even spiritual things. You guys, these can be spiritual things. I mean, even Bible reading or prayer or, or other spiritual disciplines can become in themselves a distraction or a, or a way to keep the word. If it becomes all about merit, if it becomes all about me in the sense of I'm doing this for myself. I'm not doing this to grow. I'm not doing this to be in relationship with God. See, and that's where it all comes down to. That's where it all matters. That's where it all begins. And and, and that's what we walk in. And that's where it ends is relationship with Jesus. We have to have a relationship with Jesus in all of this. After all, it's his life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit, who helps us to cultivate these soils in our heart. So I just challenge you this next week, think about things in your life that are rocks that need to be taken away or, or think about different things that are uh, the cares of the world or just different distractions or thorns that need to be taken out of your life so that when you begin to plant the word, you begin to plant his presence, which is, is the word, you guys. The word of God is more than just the Bible. The Bible is the word of God, but the word of God is Jesus. And so his presence is the word in our life. So we need to cultivate his presence, his manifest presence in our life. And as we cultivate his manifest presence and the written biblical word of God in our lives, we begin to grow. We begin to bear fruit that's 30, 60, and 100 fold. And it, you guys, that's so simple. It's so simple, but we miss that. We miss that fundamental thing that we need to do in our spiritual lives and, and it's a very intentional thing. And the other thing, too, I was talking with a buddy of mine about this today, is that so often we make these big, what they call in the, in the self-help or coaching circles, we call big, hairy, audacious goals. Is there anything wrong with those? Absolutely not. We need to make big goals. But a lot of times we make big goals, but we don't take the tiny steps to get to them. And so, you guys, we have to be very intentional about cultivating and gardening our soul. S-O-U-L. We want to garden it in a way, and we want to make tiny habits. There's a book out there called Tiny Habits, which I highly recommend, that, that talks and deals with this. But, but we want to make tiny habits of intentionality in different areas of our lives. We, 
you know, it, it oftentimes it helps to to break our life down into different categories and stuff. And and my buddy that I was talking to is very very good at this. And when he coaches people, he he, he hits the different areas of our life and how you're growing, but you can even break it down even further than that and just focus on one area. So I'm going to focus on my health and you begin to make tiny habits, but, but ah, we so often want to make these big, big changes all at once. And we want instantaneous gratification and change. We want to lose 30 pounds in two weeks. I mean, just crazy stuff like that. We want to, we want to be muscular, like the Hulk in, in three months, uh, you know, it, it's taken us a while to, to put the extra baggage on us. You know, it's going to take a little while to get it off. And I think that is, is one of the, the things that we need to include in this is, is patience. It says in the word with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. We've got the faith part down, or we're, we're working on the faith part. We're trying to get the faith part down, but we forget about the patience part of it. We've got to be patient in our lives, and we have plenty of time. We have as much time as God has given us, as has been allotted to our lives. And as long as we are going forward and we're focusing on these different areas, these areas we want to grow and change, then we're going forward with the Lord. And that is what is crucial. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. But in that kingdom of light, we want to grow closer to the word of God, which is Jesus Christ, and allow him to plant those seeds in our hearts. Another avenue that I want to bring up and I wanted to talk about that I think is really important is our mouth. I get teased a lot because I'm a motor mouth and I am. I like to talk. I've always liked to talk. I mean, I was the kid <laughs> growing up when I don't know if kids get report cards anymore, but I did. And when I got my report card, I would say from elementary school to middle school, it was always talks too much. I mean, in one situation, I got moved next to the teacher, this lady that I was scared of at first, but she moved me up to her. I ended up talking to her the whole year and she used to laugh with my mother later on in life when my mother talked, she was, she would laugh with her about how they government, he did, he talked to his, his fellow kids and I moved him next to me and he started talking to me. So I, I guess you get my point. I like to talk. I, I enjoy it. And I know there's admonitions in the Bible about bridling the tongue. And then there's one that, that really scares me in Proverbs. that talks about, you know, where words are much, sin is not absent and all that. However, we need to understand that not all words are equal. They all have an effect, but they're not all equal. You can use words to bless, or you can use words to curse. And here's the thing. If, if you're going to use words, let's begin to use them to bless and not to curse. See, we have this principle in life called sowing and reaping, and it's used in the church so much to be about money. Okay? Is it about money? Absolutely. But it's not only about money and finances and material stuff. It's not only about that. Look, you guys. Sowing and reaping works in every area of our life. Well, God created this world, this awesomely beautiful creation with, with things that happen. There's always going to be seed time and harvest time, he said. So we're always, there's always going to be sowing and reaping. And thank God for the blood of Jesus. It's like sometimes he gives us resets, you know, reset button to be able to reset in our sowing and reaping. But, but we want to begin to sow in people's lives. And we do that. And in our lives, we do that with our words. We do that with our words. Now, is it magical? No, it's not magical. But it is a spiritual principle that what I begin to speak, what I begin to, to, to declare, what I begin to think, what I begin to live, all these things, they become reality in my life. And we're, we're made in God's image. And so that's just a reality. 
And people have used that and made it witchcraft and occult. But in the Bible, it's the, the Jews actually call it tit for tat, but it's the principle of sowing and reaping. I mean, Paul said in Galatians, basically, beware, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. But that also works for the positive. We don't always need to look at the negative there. Well, let's look at the positive. You begin to sow in people around you lives. And you guys, it's, it's sometimes it's the smallest things. It's sending your son that you love a text that says, I love you. It's telling your wife. It's walking up behind her while she's doing something and giving her a hug and, and kissing her and saying, I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You know, I mean, we plant these seeds and we need to plant these seeds. But we have to back up and realize and take a self-evaluation and see what kind of seeds are we planting in our lives. And you can look at somebody's life and pretty much tell what kind of seeds they've been planting. I mean, it's just reality. And thank God for the blood. Thank God for grace. Thank God for the cross and for Jesus, who by that blood can wipe us clean and can wash us clean and white as snow. But you got to realize God's not up there waiting to punish us because we we say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. He's just telling us, this is how my world works. My world works with sowing and reaping. It's a principle that I made into it before Adam and Eve fell. It was only going to produce good things because only good things were going to come out of our mouths. But after the fall, you guys, good and bad come out of our mouths, out of our lives, out of our thoughts. There we go. You have to have the blood to cleanse. And so the blood cleanses. And so we begin to be intentional about our words. We begin to build up and not tear down. And you, you know, guys, God is more concerned with that than he has a lot of these little rules and laws that we make around words. Uh, here's reality. God is, is, is less concerned about you saying a cuss word than he is about you blessing out your wife about doing something wrong. We have to get to the heart of these things. But what, what we like to do, I like to do it. I think everybody likes to do it. We like, we hearken back to the Pharisees. We like to make all these little bitty rules that we can follow, and we neglect the things that are hard. When we should be following the things that are hard, we should be asking the Holy Spirit to work those fruit of the Spirit out in us and do those things in our lives. Instead, we create a world where we can follow a bunch of little bitty rules and we, we pat ourselves on the back and we give ourselves merit and we think we are earning favor from God. And, and we miss out on the whole essence of relationship. I mean, you cannot have relationship with God or with people like that. And that's what matters, you guys. It comes back to that. It's the law of Christ. Just love God with all your heart and everything inside of you and love your neighbor as yourself. So I just want to challenge you in the weeks, months ahead this year, yeah, as we begin to get out of winter and go into spring and, and, and we're going to begin to plant seeds where I live, it's rural. And so farmers are going to begin to plant seeds. And remember, with it's with faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Begin to plant seeds of promises in your life. Begin to plant seeds of promises of others in your life. And you guys, I have not arrived with all this. I've left, but I have not arrived. I mean, just ask my wife. I can be negative Ned. It, all the time and it's a real battle but i'm starting to plant seeds in my life and my life is slowly starting to change after my dark night of the soul event and i'm starting to see good fruit 30 60 and 100 fold fruit from changing the way i think changing the way i talk changing the way i look the way i frame the world all those kind of things and those are important and that my friends is what Jesus is talking about when he says, be perfect. He wants us to be whole. 
And part of being holy is being whole in ourselves and in our souls. So thank you for listening to me. I love you guys, and I'll catch you on the next riff. Peace out. Peace out.